Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert Don Pizzette, DevOps engineer Justin Dennison, security specialist Daniel Lowry, and Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, joined as always by Don Pizzette. Ah, dang it. Justin <laughs> Dennison. <laughs> And Daniel Lowry, we are still social distancing, so we are spread out across the building. And uh, you guys all staying safe? No, no. <laughs> Perfect. Appreciate I think this honesty. fan's actually blowing like biological warfare material right at me now. If it's set up right, yes. Yeah. Cool. Let's take care of that. And we're also joined today uh, via Zoom by William York. Uh, William is a student at the Rochester Institute of Technology, and also. We, we oh, had some fun video there. Oh, there he is. Hey, William, how you doing? Doing well. How are you guys? We're pretty good. So, so William, I want to understand real quick before we dig in deeper. You're, you're a student, but you're also a DoD contractor? How, how do you manage that already? So there's a cooperative uh, education opportunities at my college. So I switched semesters between working with them and then going to school. And we should clarify, we're interviewing William, the student. Not will. right. All, <laughs> yes, all my, all these opinions are my own. Don't represent the Department of Defense or uh, RIT as itself. Or yeah, or the school. That's great. Yeah, and later on we'll interview William, the secret agent. <laughs> Today it's it's William yes. The that'll be a better podcast. Listen for that one. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll mask your identity. Then we'll give you a cool name. We'll call you Bill York. <laughs> wow, got best agent name. Yeah, perfect. All right, sounds New good. Billsterdam. <laughs> Uh, so we actually got to know uh, William originally from, uh, you did a, a talk at, was it, which B-Sides was it? Florida. It was down in Tampa? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was there. Oh, you were there too? Yeah. Did you go to his talk? I did. Okay. It was very I definitely remember that. Yeah, it was great because he was co-presenting and it was really interesting to watch you guys and your, uh, the way that you use the HTTP stuff to, to send data across. It was very um, creative. So we thought it was awesome. Well, let's not give it all away. Let's go ahead and, and get to know William with our first segment, Rapid Fire Questions. Who do you work for? What's new? Who are you? What's happening? What's wrong with you? All right, William, you're going to have a minute for each one of the questions. We're going to go kind of round robin style. If you go over the 60 seconds, Peter's going to budge you and we're going to move on. Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. All right, Peter, first question. All right, no pressure. Uh, so we mentioned that you are studying right now at Rochester Institute of Technology. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you're learning right now, what, what's your major, and what are some of the cool, uh, cool classes you're taking at the moment? So I'm finishing up my computer security master's now. I've completed my computer science bachelor's. Doing a lot of malware-based things right now towards the end of it finishing up my capstone that involves uh, penetrating vulnerabilities in open networks. All right, William. So Daniel talked a little bit about your talk at B-Sides about HTTP covert channels using HTML and CSS. You think you can boil that talk down to 60 seconds? Look, crack my neck. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so the main idea is we're communicating through HTTP GET requests from a server, we send a get request to a server, and the person who owns the server gets all these get requests. And then through a secret language, they can actually read the messages from the get requests and translate a message out of it. And the benefit of this method is that there's ad blockers or anything like that won't block the get requests. 
That's the 30-second version. That's impressive. <laughs> so, uh, you know, with the, the Git request going on, is it, are they like generating 404s? Is it, you know, is it something that would show up in the logs or it's actually requesting real resources, but somehow secretly carrying that data? All the resources are randomized numbers. That's because originally it wasn't sending like duplicate packets because it was like, oh, you already requested this image a second ago. Why would you request it again? So it changes the end name of it every time. And it, it does do a lot of 404 errors. So if you're looking at your logs, yeah, that, that'll be easy giveaway for this channel. Okay. That wasn't my actual question. I was just curious. My actual question was, you know, I, I've seen a lot of, of presentations like these at other shows, and some of them are super theoretical, like, you know, just a, a proof of concept. Some of them are actionable. Like, do you, do you see this as a, a technology that could be used out there in a, a practical sense? Yes, it can be used in a practical sense. Uh, you know, the whole idea behind a covert channel is that you're able to get information from a secretive location to an unsecure location. And when we have agents and things out in the field, these, these could be good opportunities for that. But I think the more important thing is covert channels show vulnerabilities that exist in, com in compu communication systems. And these are important because we need to know how to secure locations down so messages like these can't get out. And that's I think that's the main reason why covert channels is such a growing topic now. Now, William, you guys have a uh, fantastic uh, presentation. It was a lot of fun to watch you guys work and show how that um, covert communication actually occurred and to see the end product. You've done that. You're working for the DOD. I mean, you kind of set the bar really higher. Where do you see yourself after you get out of school? Still more work with the DOD. I intend with staying them as long as I can. Can't beat the work you do there. What kind of what kind of work were you were you thinking there? Because you mentioned a few different things. You seem to kind of be on the security side. So, uh, is there a specific path you want to go down? That's the beauty of where I work at DOD. You're always doing something different. You're not like stuck to okay. You're just gonna do job all day. You're doing a little bit of everything. It's one of the main reasons I love the place. Why do, why do I work here? I was going to say, are they hiring Don? I mean, no offense. 1-800-NSA-HIRE. There you go. Yep, and now, <laughs> who's this coming in the door? Nope. I'm sorry, I, sir. I we didn't mention anything about. by that. Y'all go ahead. Y'all go ahead. No, you can just pick up your phone. They're already, they're already <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, they're already list. We're yeah. here, guys. Don't worry. There, there they are. I hear them. <laughs> they are. And they and they have rejected my application already. Yep, yep. All right. Cool. Well, uh, thank you for sharing on on that stuff. And so it sounds like a better way to communicate um, through that that kind of system secretly than what was the general that was uh, just using like the drafts folder or something. The the guy down in Tampa. Oh, I don't know about the guy in Tampa, but I know Al Qaeda was using that when they were communicating, where they would all log into the same mailbox and they would just write an email and it would save in the drafts right. folder. So they never actually sent the email, and that's how they were able to keep it secure. There was the guy who was—I I keep wanting to say the um, Oscar Pistorius, but that's not it at all. Uh, <laughs> Petrovich, Petrovich, Petraeus. Yeah, I thought that's how he got caught with his affair. He was using that same oh. thing to talk to his mistress, and I uh, believe that I, I do recall that. Yeah. Yeah, so apparently we should have used... you got to get these covert channels out there so uh, they can, you know, uh, yeah. cheat in secret. Are you supposed to step out on your old lady? You ain't got a covert channel. So <laughs> did we just make a connection between philandering and terrorism? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just sort of. Oh, and, um, you know... NSA's listening now, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And disgraced former Olympic athletes. <laughs> yeah. Really like, ran the gamut I know it's one. not this murderous guy, but it's like that. We should have a conversation about yellow cake recipes. And <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> Angel food cake is it's delicious. Just bells going off everywhere. But hey, 
more listeners. Welcome to all of the uh, people who are forced now to listen for their job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're keeping you in business, you guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Like yeah. the welcome agents Smith and Williams to the podcast. Yeah, we could tell we could tell <laughs> advertisers. We could say, hey, we've got a you know pretty uh, dedicated listenership. Um, <laughs> we look to. we look forward to seeing them at the FISA court. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> could advertise different restaurants around the the Maryland. And you could say we have inside contacts with yeah. uh, law enforcement. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just keeping very quiet at this point. <laughs> so, no, I, I've had a couple of thoughts that I'm like, no, no, that's going to keep them to myself. It's uh, weird that Justin has self control. Hey, let's um, shift gears now to our next segment, which is a new segment we're going to try out. Uh, it is WTF. All right, that was a very easy intro to make because I just stole that audio. <laughs> so our WTF you, you borrowed article, it. Yeah, I bought. Yeah, I, I borrowed it. All credit to uh, whoever made it. Um, the this is a conspiracy theory that's been going on recently that is just wacky, and I, f- I feel like if it weren't for the coronavirus, we would be talking about this exclusively right now. Uh, but the the article in question is from Ars Technica: How a five G coronavirus conspiracy spread across Europe, and basically we've got people now burning down five G towers. And what is the what's the fear here, Don? What what what, what are we concerned <laughs> the, about? The just fear how is fast ignorance. The internet's going to be. I'm going to go ahead and step in. Like everybody's ignorant. And they're like, oh, I just. I answered my cell phone, and uh, I have a virulent, path- <laughs> you know, pathogen in my bloodstream now. Well, it sounds know, like you don't it. even need to have your phone on. You just this, these towers are no, there. No, the signals just... transmit the COVID. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple of different this. conspiracies rolling around right now, and they're all kind of working together. So one one of them states that the frequencies that 5G operates on are weakening the human immune system. Another conspiracy theory is that the frequency is actually helping the coronavirus to propagate. So. Either way, they're saying that the coronavirus uh, pandemic is being caused by 5G, and so people are believing this theory, and they're actually going out and trying to sabotage, dismantle, set on fire, destroy these 5G antennas. And the various phone companies are coming out and saying, like, in some cases, look— that tower wasn't even a 5G tower. <laughs> People are just wrecking them because you know 5G coverage is crap right now. Yeah, uh, but that's uh, that's the big conspiracy, and people are buying into it hook, line, and sinker. Well, what's funny too is we've talked about 5G before being a very arbitrary uh, statement that you can right. just say. So it sounds like if it's Verizon's 5G versus AT&T's 5G, it's not even the same thing. No, and neither of them operate at the minimum speed of 5G yet. So, like, technically, there is no production 5G yet. But for some reason, after you described this, Don, I just imagine, like, Neanderthals and loincloths. <laughs> it's the beginning of I don't understand these things. It's both confusing and scary, but they say that it's making us sick, so let's go set it on fire and beat it with clubs. Well, William, you actually said you saw something that was happening in the U.S. like this, too, some kind of vandalism? Right. This morning, uh, a Salt Lake City man actually chained himself to, uh, to the base station of a 5G uh, tower to protest uh, the new 5G tower. He doesn't believe it does anything with the coronavirus, he just thinks that it's shooting out frequencies that microwave uses, so it's going to kill us all. 
Yeah, I mean, they're already doing that with the chemtrails. I don't know why they would need... Yeah, we're already done for. Just yeah. accept it, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the article reminded me of two things. So one was that there was a, an April Fool's joke a few years ago about how the iPhone included a new feature where you could recharge it by putting it in the microwave. <laughs> and yes. somebody somebody sent out pictures and people believed it. People were putting their phones in the microwave. Uh, but the other thing is, have you seen the movie Idiocracy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. It is a funny movie. It's ridiculous. Now it's turned into this like scary morality tale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think we might be there. I think. You know what, Don? Brando. It's got what plants great. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's, got, it's electrolytes. <laughs> uh, what G were they on by Idiocracy? It was like 7G, had to G be. probably. Easily. Yeah. I don't know, but I will tell you, I would almost vote for Terry Crews for president. <laughs> <laughs> president Camacho. Especially if he's going to ride that motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. Oh, man. Great film. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I uh, saw uh, this girl I, I used to date in, in high school was posting about how 5G... Uh, the, she was in high school or you both were? Peter's still in high school. <laughs> not, not important. You're, you're, you're missing the point of the story. The, uh, the coronavirus was all a ruse to get people inside because now they're using this opportunity to put up new towers while there's nobody out there oh. stopping them and watching them. Interesting so, twist. Yeah, that wasn't... It's causing... Uh, coronavirus. It's coronavirus was created so that they could get the 5G out without us pushing. <laughs> I back. hadn't thought about that. Think of all the secret projects that could be going on right oh now, William. I'll be honest. If, if I uh, no comment. get more 5G, no I'm happy. <laughs> so the only way y'all believe this is if one day I come out and there's a cell phone tower in my driveway. Give <laughs> <laughs> me best service. Yeah, like I was sick for two days and they yeah. built a tower. If I saw that, I would be like, Finally, good cell phone reception <laughs> yeah, in my house. Yeah. Like, if it's a, is it real 5G? Oh, man, the internet is going to be sick. Yeah, right? call, call your uh, cable I'm, internet I'm company. Canceling. Cancel. I'm yeah. canceling them. Also, I think they were right. I'm also going to be sick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bleeding out every orifice, <laughs> but this signal is just amazing. I'd settle for 3G. Just give me four bars of it yeah. in my house. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've noticed from being on Zoom calls recently who lives out in the boondocks and who does not have a good signal. I, I compared somebody recently. Recently, I said, you look like HD, and you look like watching a football game in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. It's like four by three, and there's like seven pixels. And, and someone messed up the antennas. So <laughs> like the rabbit ears yeah. are all jacked. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's some fun stuff. And we should point out that um, that's probably none of it's true. <laughs> probably. Got to leave uh, a little room. We don't know. <laughs> there's a chance. Yeah. And, and, and that young lady. From, What's a percentage chance that it's true? I mean, 78%. That it's true? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> see, now, and now they'll point to this as, see, tech expert Don Pizet right. said on his podcast. Yes. No, it's all about medical yeah. and everything. But, but again, more viewers, more listeners. Welcome, conspiracy theorists. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. So we just have to make up conspiracy theories? I got, I'm down on this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Next week, we'll have Alex Jones on. Yeah, so it's a new <laughs> weekly segment. Yeah. No, Justin's going to make Alex Jones look like an amateur. Also, would y'all like to buy some vitamins? <laughs> yeah. mm, yes. Colloidal silver. Yes. Okay, oh it cures everything. Cures Corona. Five seconds. <laughs> hey, guys, let's take a quick break. We do have a lot of news to get to, um, but we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll do new more news right after the conversation. Are you a career changer or a budding tech pro who's looking to start their career in IT? 
I'm Wes Bryan, and along with my fellow IT Pro TV edutainer Cherokee Boos, we've just shot a new show just for you. Each week, we'll dive into topics to help you launch your career in tech. Watch how to get started in IT on YouTube now. Just head to youtube.com forward slash IT Pro TV to watch and look for new episodes every Saturday at 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. All right, welcome back to TechNado with Don Pizzette. We got a lot of great news to get to. Uh, remember, we're also joined by William York. He's a student up at Rochester Institute of Technology. We call it RIT. Do we say RIT? RIT? RIT. RIT. Yeah. Okay. This is MIT. Nobody Church. calls it RIT. Yeah, yeah RIT ridiculous. is, a, is RIT. a type of fabric dye. <laughs> and, like, and it's a type of habeas corpus. I think it's spelled differently. <laughs> it, yeah, totally. Okay. It could be the Western Rochester. <laughs> Institute of Technology. Yeah, well, what do they have? Basket weaving and drawing <laughs> real good. Uh, kids and... out west. <laughs> west Rochester's. Uh, eating crayons. Woo! <laughs> All right, let's get to our first article over at TechCrunch.com. GitHub is now free for all teams. Woohoo! And Woo. Justin, I know you've been getting angry about people giving away stuff for free during uh, the coronavirus pandemic. Is this uh COVID-19 thing or is this so this isn't this isn't from what I read in the article it isn't something where they're like oh we're giving you six months for free they said this was already on the roadmap to open up uh free amounts for private repositories so there was a time where if you wanted something private and you wanted it free you went to Bitbucket and if you wanted it public and free you went to GitHub um and then you had to pay for private stuff on GitHub they had a whole weird monetization model and then Recently, they started changing some of those on GitHub, like how many public repositories or private repositories. But now it's all free, and you even get part of their CI/CD pipeline for free. Uh, I think up to 2,000 hours, if I remember correctly. It might be more than that for GitHub Actions. So you can do all your 2,000 minutes, is it? Would that be more right? Was it min yeah, minutes. Okay. 2,000 minutes. 2,000 hours. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you get four months for free every month. Um, Makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, I mean... I suspect what you end up paying for is they're they're betting on actions or they're betting on some additional like I know you still have to pay for SAML or like single sign-on stuff, but I, I've never been part of a team that's large enough to support SSO for GitHub. Like I just log in to my GitHub. So uh, pretty interesting though. So I'll probably make more use of GitHub Actions. Yeah, and this is uh, this is I guess one of those nice benefits of it being acquired by Microsoft is you know they can afford to do those kinds of things to kind of put a loss leader out there or something to uh, to bring more people on the platform. It sounds like yeah, a lot of people were worried that uh, when Microsoft acquired them, they would turn into some kind of like evil empire. Or GitHub was ruined. That was uh, GitLab saw a huge increase in signups uh, for a long time. For people, the the whole reason for paying for GitHub was simply to get those private repos. So now that's free. For small teams, you know, two, uh, two thousand, yeah, two thousand action minutes a month—that's a ton of action minutes for a small team or an open source project or whatever. And you can still have private teams, so that's really, really cool to have that. And it's just going to foster more growth inside of GitHub. More people are going to use it. And William, this is something uh, I assume that you'll be taking advantage of as well. Are you a GitHub guy? I, uh, of course, yes. But I think an unintended consequence we're not seeing here is that with private repositories, less students' work is going to end up on GitHub. And if, from experiences in college, a lot of people tend to get information off GitHub to put into their own projects. So I'd be interested to see if that has any influence on uh, how academia at all, since there's going to be more private repositories. Well, I wonder if this is poised because uh, Git, GitHub just recently acquired NPM. 
So I wonder if they're doing some of this because maybe they have additional monetization that's coming from that. Yeah, you're saying people have to think for themselves now, though, William? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how do you do that in college? <laughs> or maybe it was too many people uploading their uh, API keys and stuff into their public repos. Now they can have private ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, does, does this help with security, though? Seriously, because we've talked about things like that before uh, where things have been exposed in repositories. It does. And I actually did a whole paper on people copying code from old GitHub repositories and putting it into modern systems. And what the what my paper showed was that all the code they're copying over is all vulnerable. And there's a lot of systems out there now that are using this vulnerable code on GitHub and putting it into actual systems. How now else am I supposed that to write COBOL? What was that? How else am I supposed to write COBOL? I don't know COBOL. That's <laughs> the only way I can do it is copy paste from GitHub. Yeah, thanks to William oh, for you got to get the book. <laughs> no. I, I like how you make it sound like COBOL is the only language you copy and paste off the internet. <laughs> Fortran. Fortran, uh, what? No, not Fortran. I think the I better question is why you're using those languages. Because the cost of upgrade is expensive. Well, <laughs> not anymore. It's now free. Uh, can you give me the IP address of that COBOL system, please? Um, just for research purposes. <laughs> it's already unfiled at the DOD, I'm sure. Yeah. So you can just grab it. As a matter of fact, it was a DOD system. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that's cool. So uh, definitely head over to GitHub and, and uh, you can do a little more research and see the different plans that they've got. It mentions it in the TechCrunch article that we'll post in the YouTube description here as well. Uh, so you can take a look at the free team enterprise and GitHub One options that are available. All right, let's uh, head over now to Pharonix.com. Fedora 33 planning to enable system D resolved by default. And Don, you, you've got to be pumped about this, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope he is. Otherwise, it's, we are done with that article. It's easy to spot the Don articles. Yeah, um, yeah so System D, uh, the controversial topic that has been raging for years and years, the, the new heart and soul of almost every Linux distro out there, uh, has been steadily growing, adding more functionality. I think it was just a few weeks ago we were talking about System D Home D, the new home directory management service. Now we've got systemd resolve D, which has actually been around for a, a while. In Fedora 33, they're dumping the old NSS name lookup system and switching over to resolve D. And that's a big deal because the name lookup services in Linux have not changed in 30 years. It has been pretty much the same thing for a long, long, long time. Did I say it wrong? It's resolve D? It's resolve D. Yeah, the resolve D. How do they do that? How are we supposed to say it's a word? Yeah, and it's all lowercase. Nah, it's a word. I, yeah, I, I, I didn't call you out for it. No, I know. But mistake. I mean, he was silently <laughs> judging you. But yeah, it's it like uh, <laughs> and everyone at home, like the same guy that comments every week how we say to be in wrong, is gonna now start commenting. Everybody knows this D buy in. D buy in. So I was running D buy in the other day. Dang it. So, uh, so yeah, so this is a big change. Now, for most of your applications, they're not really going to be impacted by this. When they do a lookup, they do the lookup calls through the network interface or the network uh, uh, APIs of Linux, and they get the resolution. Uh, but on an administrator side, if you're administering servers, it is configured a different way. It is now part of System D, so the configuration files and so on are, are, are significantly different. But DNS, DNSSEC, uh, DNS over TLS, MDNS, the multicast DNS, uh, LLMNR, all of those different lookup services are all getting rolled together into System D Resolve D. So one service to kind of 
rule them all. It's going to take a while for this to trickle down. And when I say a while, probably like two years before we start to see this in RHEL or CentOS, uh, Ubuntu, those guys. But, but it is coming. So this is kind of that big flag that says... Now's the time to learn it so you're ready when it becomes part of the actual districts. <laughs> That's exactly right. R real quick, uh, we keep hearing about System D, and you're like, System D, Home D, and now we have Resolve D, and it's the, you said something, it's the one system to rule them all. Is this the beginning of Skynet? <laughs> no, it's like Highlander. Uh, <laughs> there can be only one. Yeah, does it take power from the other systems that it defeats? Yeah, you know, in, in the original, like the, the Unix purists that are out there, when Unix would boot up, it would go into the old sysvnit, and it would run a series of initialization scripts, and each script controlled a different aspect of the server. So people, people like that idea of, here's these text files that I can read, and I know exactly what's going to happen. System D is a binary. It's an, it's an application. And so a lot of what it does is not just plain text read a file. And so it has a lot more control, but it has a lot more power. It's faster. It can do things uh, in parallel, just not just in serial. So there's a lot of big benefits to it. But the, the holdouts, the old Unix stalwarts are not big fans of it. Personally, I, I like it. Uh, it makes my life easier. Uh, but different people have different opinions. Anything to add, Daniel? No. Okay. <laughs> I just, just want to make sure I went around the room. I, I was going to say, I was really helping to give a damn, but... Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah, and Don started talking. Yeah. And like, eh. yeah. Zero dams given. Yeah. So, but it, it does, uh, just out of curiosity, uh, so going to RIT, not WRIT, which we all know is... <laughs> yeah. Like, the better school. There's yeah, probably a real WRIT. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to burn IT to the ground. So what's your main system? What's your daily driver there, Wade? Mac OS or Kali Linux. Honestly, Kali Linux and Mac OS are my two main ones. I was mm. going to guess Kali. <laughs> and in the upcoming article that's coming next, um, it looks like Microsoft has taken some features from Mac OS that I'm a fan of. <laughs> yes, they absolutely have. Good transition. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Let's go with it. <laughs> well, uh, wait a minute. Of the Peter Spire. Wait, Let's does anyone have anything else to say about <laughs> System D? No, good. Uh, all right. Uh, at TheVerge.com, Microsoft's new Spotlight-like launcher for Windows 10 will arrive in May. It will be available as a Windows power toy, which, what is a power toy? I have not heard that term. Mm. Wow. Mm. We're not touching no. Nope. <laughs> There's so many good Don't go down that hole. Uh, Google that. They will rename that. I almost bet money on. Leslie Nielsen shows up. I'm out of here. A lot of people felt like they were going to rename the iPad for for a lot of jokes that came around originally, so, but they did not. So it's not going to be renamed. They've been called Power Toys for like ten years now. Yeah, not uh, not mm, <laughs> nope. not by Justin. Nope, <laughs> not by Justin. Nope, nope. It feels like there's a two cycle engine on the end of this, and I don't like it. It started way way back in like Windows ninety five, where you had the Plus Pack. And then after a little while, they rolled that into Windows 98, and they started releasing these extra utilities, and they called it the the Power Toys. And <laughs> so this is a, a new one. Uh, they, it went away for a little while, and they brought the name back a couple of years ago. But yeah, that, that name is going to stick around. Um, and William is exactly right that what's going on here is we get a new Spotlight launcher, and uh, it just makes it quick and easy to find and launch applications and websites and stuff. You already have this in Mac OS. And in fact, I, I move between Mac, Linux, and Windows on a regular basis, and the Spotlight is one of the hardest things for me not to carry over to another operating system. So like I'm, when I'm on a Windows machine, I'll actually hit Windows key space, like it's going to bring up the Spotlight like it would on Mac OS. And it doesn't. And then I have to remember, well, all right, I can just tap Windows and type. So it's a, an upgraded form of search. 
and it is available as a power toy that you can go and, and download separately, uh, but it is going to become available for uh, just regular public use in, I think, in May, and it's tied That's to Windows Key R. Yeah. So it's replacing Windows Key R, or will you be able to do Windows Spacebar? So it, it's not replacing Windows Key R yet, but it is in the future. So right now, when you press Windows Key R, it's the old run box that uh, was introduced back in Windows 95. It's been around forever. Uh, and so that is kind of obsolete now. And this new Spotlight will affect... I shouldn't call it Spotlight. That's not what it's called. Um, spotlight is what it is on a Mac, but its new name... What the heck is its new name? Clippy. 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 <laughs> so when Clippy launches, then, uh, then you type in there and you go, Alfred, is that it similar to... No. no. So Honestly, Alfred though, is an, uh, an, an add-on for Mac OS. How, how is it different, though, than... Than the, the, the Windows the, the current... It just looks like the Mac OS feature. Yeah. It, it looks like a direct copy. Yeah. Well, so, so it was Windows. Dude, wait a minute. Is the Spotlight source code on GitHub in a public repository? <laughs> so if you if you just press Windows key and start typing... It searches for applications, documents, and websites. So it's really using kind of like the Cortana search versus this tool, which is just searching applications. So it's designed to, to make it quicker for you to launch an application. And then it's got uh, little like sub icons for what would normally be under a context menu, just all through one little launcher. It looks pretty neat. If you're a Windows user, I, I think it'll be something that's valuable. It, it, William's right. It's a total ripoff of macOS. And this but actually, you know what? Oh, go ahead. I'm Windows is doing a lot to try and pull in developers and more tech people into their system by putting the Linux subsystem in, doing search and things of this nature. I mean, it's making me think my next computer could be Windows if they keep doing iterations like this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's not getting crazy. So I will say uh, I, I'm, on, I'm on board with William with it. Like, I'm strongly thinking about giving Windows another good try as far as developer experience. Oh, man, it's that 5G's got y'all sick in it. I know, I know. <laughs> I we better go beat all those towers to death. Now, now we know the one Windows has more applications. It's just better if you can do your coding and work on everything else on the same computer. I feel like this is South Park, the movie, where it's like Bill Gates is saying, it runs five times better than I just shoot you both in the head. <laughs> uh, this, this actually says in the article that uh, the concept of power toys uh, was originally introduced back at Windows 95. So that's that's a long time that Justin's been uncomfortable by that name. So that's the first time I've ever heard it, and I'm pretty sure there's a reason why. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I bought one of Microsoft's power toys. Whoa, huh. this is a family event. Did it come in a brown bag? You know? <laughs> well, why does this have to have Cortana in it? Uh, yeah. They got to put that in everything? You can download the new power toy. It's discreetly packaged. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's Cortana driven, it will tell you that it doesn't work. Cortana, turn off. <laughs> in my Turning purse. On. All uh, right. Mm. I think we've beaten that one to death there. Uh, let's head over now to... <laughs> this Weird fun. choice of words. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was hoping somebody would catch that. Uh, let's head over to CNN.com, the CNN business section. Fake news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on then to our next. No, uh, here's why you probably shouldn't share your old senior photos on Facebook. And this one's funny. This, this has been one of those things that, hey, everyone's at home right now. This is one of those fun things to do. Let's, uh, all the kids that can't graduate right now aren't having a normal graduation in, in tribute to them. We're sharing our senior photos on Facebook. And I think they're asking you to put the year that you graduated as well. So, hey, put those two things there, please. Uh, 
Um, but this article is telling you that that's, uh, what, a social engineering nightmare, I imagine? There was a comment on Hacker News where somebody said, uh, I'm going to start one like this, but it's going to be, you know, post a picture and name of your first pet. Oh. <laughs> Everybody would want to share that. Like, oh, this is my first pet. I loved him so much. Well, I mean, And it's a, you know, password. This is what we've always said, like, in security is like, Security questions are a poor form of authentication because they're too easily discovered because it has to be something that's about you. And if I, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend using security questions for those reasons. I mean, they're just, it's too easy to do some OSINT and find out all that information. And of course, people are more than happy to give that information out via their social media as if it were a candy to digitally disperse amongst the children. On the flip side, I, I think they should just say, just take out the old senior photos. Why you shouldn't share on Facebook. Yeah. Like just done. Why you shouldn't yeah. Facebook. Why? Yeah. There you go. We're getting better. Or just Why you better security share. questions. Yeah. Yeah. Click, click, click. Well, oh. what would be a good security question? Like what is the what is the thought that, that keeps you up at night and won't let you go to sleep? Or what are you most embarrassed about? Those what crime of freckles do you have on your left elbow? Yeah. Uh -huh. What crime have you gotten away with and not told anybody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please say it close to the mic. Yeah. Well, well, yep. The government man's coming. He's, <laughs> He's coming. watching. A G-man. Uh, so, so how some, we, go, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say there these security questions. I remember locking myself out of my bank, and they called me, and you had to like answer them to a person, and or, okay. and so the way they answered, they were like, "We're going to give you three choices. Tell us if you ever lived at any of these," hmm. and like they read off three addresses, and I was like, "No, nah, I haven't lived there." You're like I'm a and they were like, "Yes, you have." So we can't <laughs> let you in, and I was like. I guarantee you I've never lived in any of those places. Well, I guarantee you you're not getting this. <laughs> so, I think, so all I did was I hung up and I called back. And get a new question. <laughs> yeah. I, got a, I can't remember if I got a new question or I just got a different like representative and I was like, yeah, I lived there. Which one of these felonies have you been charged with? <laughs> I had a uh, had a funny call with Microsoft uh, years ago, and they asked me to give my phone number to verify my identity. I, I gave my phone number. They said, no, that's not what we have on file. And I thought, all right, well, maybe it's my cell phone. So I gave them that number. And then the lady on the other end, it was kind of funny. She said, no, I'm I'm pretty sure this is a fake number. <laughs> and I said, oh, a fake number. Is it? Is it all ones? And she goes, yeah. <laughs> I, I just punched in all ones. And <laughs> I, I like to use, uh, I'll look up Walmarts in different areas of the, of the United States and take their phone number. That'll work. Yeah, they're getting all these calls now. Uh, so my question on this, though, I, I get, you know, you wouldn't want to put the, the year that you graduated, maybe, but showing my senior photo, are, are people actually like then digging into this and, and comparing it to other photos to figure out where you went to school or something like that? Because this is not like you're writing out an answer. Someone's having to do some detective work, right? So a lot of people have like letterman jackets or, you know, some kind of describing thing. So that's mm -hmm. easy to find. That's another security question. What school did you go to? Or I guess you could reverse image search yeah, pretty easily and see if this shows up. Or they could, uh, you know, Photoshop, like, some uh, ultra right-wing, like, <laughs> Nazi stuff on there and milkshake duck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's weird you chose blackface for your senior photo. Yeah. yeah. It's a bold choice. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> that's playing the long game on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, you're not graduating this semester, uh, are you, William? Uh, yes, I am. Oh no! So you don't get the ceremony? Well, you had you had your undergraduate, so you're good. Uh, I didn't have the undergraduate because of my program, but you know what? 
what what is a graduation? You sit outside, hot summer sun on you with thousands of people in there. I mean, hot Rochester you, sun. You know what? I, I feel like we have <laughs> things in common. People eat with crayons. William. That, that was a true <laughs> IT person speaking right there. Like yeah. outside yes. with people. Yes. Yes. What am I going to do there? I was like, yeah, we have a virtual graduation. I mean, I'm going to be like this. It's going to be great. You can use a, a, a video camera effect, and you've got a dog face, and uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, VR headsets for the graduation. Do you, do you still get the cool hat though? Because that's that's the most important thing, I think. You know, you, you mentioned VR. I, we have not seen, or I haven't seen any news articles. You'd think VR would be killing it right now, like a virtual meeting place. That yeah, that's true. Seems that's... like now's the time. How much is a pair of Oculus glasses? They're still I mean, well. Their lowest ones are like four hundred dollars now. But mm. Google cardboard. I mean, you could think that would be making a, a big push. Right? Yeah, like In that. addition to, I, how are not the major porn venues at least hopping on the VR train in this time? Oh, they are. Oh, they have. wow! When, big time. To, <laughs> yeah, you're I a little quick. On that. <laughs> I read for scientific <laughs> reasons. Scientific reasons. Okay. I read about that. <laughs> I just assume that social distancing shut that industry down. <laughs> yeah, but it turns out on all, all those porn videos, they've got their diploma on the wall and they can see where they went to school. Yeah. If you can turn around That's all the sudden. That's how they're really getting their information. Yeah, I've got all this other information about this guy. Uh, I think you know everything about that guy you need to know. All right, uh, let's head over now to slashdot.org for our next article. Linksys asks users to reset passwords after hackers hijacked home routers last month. So when they say Linksys asks users to reset passwords, they mean from the default password that they've kept on the device since they yeah. bought it? So uh, I flagged this article specifically because uh, at home, I have a Linksys Velop wireless mesh system. So I have three of these uh, Linksys routers that mesh together and give me the Wi-Fi at home. And I do not have the default password on there. And I do have all the firmware updates. You know, I follow proper security practices on my home equipment. So I saw this article, and it said Linksys is asking users to reset passwords. And I said, well, that's odd. Linksys hasn't asked me, and I, I use the system. I'm registered, you know, because you have a, a cloud-managed account with them. You, you can log into the equipment locally, which is what I normally do, but you have the cloud account too. And so I said, well, let me, let me go log into my account. I guess I just wasn't affected. And sure enough, my password was reset. So I think it's Linksys asks users telepathically to <laughs> reset passwords because they sure as hell didn't contact me. Uh, but it's just another sign of a lot of equipment that didn't used to be cloud managed that is, is kind of worse off for it. And I'm, I'm thinking most of the people that are at risk for this are people that, like I said, didn't even worry about the password in the first place. Actually, I have an article here from 2018 where they surveyed respondents and 86% of respondents have never updated the router's firmware <laughs> and only 18% have changed the device's default password and username. Wait, you're saying these devices have firmware? Tell <laughs> <laughs> me more. This is news to me. <laughs> I thought it was just a bunch of potatoes inside. Yeah. Yeah, the guy who installed, I, I have AT&T Fiber, and the, the guy, when he installed it, he said, and here's the password and here's the name of the router. And, uh, and I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to go in and change that. Now he's like, why, why are you changing that? It's right, you know, here it is. Want to break in later? It's He's written like, on the box. Like, <laughs> Was that Peter's way of uh, like flexing on us because he has fiber internet? 
I just thought it was funny because it was probably like Bob's AT&T Wi-Fi. Get you off. <laughs> yeah. wow. Bob's like, well, no, 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 no. Don't he, change that. He has stopped parking outside of my house ever yeah. since that day. But. Uh, I'm on I'm on Peter's side on this one. I've got the AT&T fiber and it is awesome. Yeah, what are you on? <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing where Justin lives. He's got that dish that's up. It's on a pole outside no, the house. No, I've played that game in my early years. Never again while I hear the clitter clatter of dial-up or feel the horrible dread of You're, running out of bandwidth with on my uh, satellite it starts with an h and rhymes with schmooze net (laughs) (laughs) are you saying they run a a wire all the way out to your swamp i I don't live in the swamp here (laughs) (laughs) well i was gonna say up in the mountains but there's no mountains here here. i live inside city limits do you really yeah do you really yeah i'll be I assure you, if I didn't, I'd be showing up to work every day with bibbed overalls and like muck boots on. But we are talking about Gainesville city limits, yeah. so it's really yeah. not saying yeah. all that much. Yeah. I live in a basement with no roof. <laughs> yeah, filled with water and uh, Eight. radon. It is a hole in the ground. Yeah. Oh, good. Do you know what the best part is about this whole Linksys situation is? I googled, okay, default usernames and passwords for all these different systems, and has every single system, uh, you know, all the usernames and passwords. And when I looked through like the networks in my area, they still had all, like you could see they didn't change the default network name at all. And I'm curious how many of those I'd be able to get into if I it. just put in the default credentials. Don't you of course do I it. wouldn't. That's illegal. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah. At least and not until he's clocked in. Yeah, yeah. And then it's completely illegal. Yeah. He gets it. He's he got, gets it. He's got warrants. <laughs> and not uh, against him. He's... Uh, who needs a, we got the Patriot Act, baby. We don't need a warrant. <laughs> Justin, I got to go back to you mentioned your your hole is full of radon gas. Are, are you in the Superfund site? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Uh, sure. But Coppers was not radon gas anyway. I don't know. I'm sure other stuff has come out of there too. Yeah, radon is a natural deposit here. Sure, I've read that disclosure many times. Yeah, they're like... Well, yeah, this is hyper local news that most of our listeners probably don't care about. But I have driven past that Coppers facility thousands of times. What what is the poison there? What the uh, <laughs> it used to be open batch um, for like telephone poles and stuff. It was like a wood oh, treatment the plant. Site and stuff. Yeah, and so I think there's like heavy metals and stuff in the soil there. Hmm. Yeah. So Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Our, arsenic so, so don't live on that yeah it's basically it grows a mean potato though cheap land that's in it it's alive it tries to a kill a literal people. mean potato. <laughs> yeah. it goes feed me seymour oh, you're yeah. supposed to be a venus flytrap but i'll give you this one that potato is pissed off huh. hey uh, william so what's yes, uh so you got graduation coming up and uh you know uh, anything to plug any Favorite shows you're watching on Netflix? Certainly, certainly not going to any conferences. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what are you Sadly doing? Uh, the Community, recommend that show. Been out forever, but I just started watching it. Wait, Community? Yeah. Yeah, Community. Oh, okay, I thought it's you a good show. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good one. Uh, yeah, I, I love the flag, the school flag they come up with. I think that's season two. Look Spo- that up. Spoilers. I'm sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> no, I didn't say what's on it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hated the claymation episode, though. I really wanted to like it, but I hated that one. Mm-hmm. Was, and was, that, it, was there singing? Yeah. It, it was done entirely in the style of the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Christmas oh, special. Yeah. So, I mean, it should have been awesome, but I did not care for it. I love that. Yeah, that show gave us... Uh, what's his face? Good story. The rapper actor. Childish Gambino. Yeah, thank you. Childish uh, Gambino. Yeah. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Yeah. Yeah, no relation. 
What? Two. The Danny yeah. Glover. Lethal Weapon. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Where's that cricket sound? Can yeah, we... let me get that. There you go. Again, perfect. We'll cut that later. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, hey, want to let you know about a couple things coming up over at IT Pro TV. We have a webinar. I can stop the crickets now, right? We have a webinar that is actually happening the day we release this episode, Thursday, April 23rd, on Evolved Server Management with Windows Admin Center. And that is Mike and Wes doing that at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, if you happen to be listening to this after the fact, don't worry. You can still head over to itpro.tv slash webinars. We'll put the archive of that on there as well. And then the next one we've got on the schedule right now is Thursday, May 21st, which is succeeding with the new Cisco certifications. I know we've got, what is it, Encore and... What's NRC. The other one? What is it? And sorry. And sorry. Aziz and sorry? Yeah. Perfect. Encore. NRC. 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 That's it. Shoot. And NSLED is the other one. That's right. So there's like a couple of them that are going on. But I assume these stand for something, right? Something. Okay. No. Something Cisco something. I'll tell you what. Tune in on Thursday, May 21st, and you'll find out if they stand for something. I'll make sure that we ask that question of Ronnie and Anthony Sequeira. No, they're not Ronnie and Anthony Sequeira. They're not. It's Ronnie Wong and Anthony Sequeira. It's Anthony Sequoria, I believe is how you pronounce it. Yeah, Sequoia. Sacagawea. Sequoia. Sacagawea. I believe that's pronounced. Well, I know I've misspelled it before and been yelled at. So as you should. Yeah. Uh, all right, and while you're on that internet, head over to go.itpro.tv slash technado. There you can get a seven-day free trial of IT Pro TV, get a 30% off coupon code for your personal membership, or you can check out the business uh, plans and request a demo there and uh, get a two-week trial of that. So that's over at go.itpro.tv slash technado. Um, yeah, and, you know, beside that, always... Uh, Go ahead and make sure you're subscribed. Uh, ask us some questions on, on the, the Twitters. Uh, use the hashtag uh, Technado Questions. We'd love to feature some viewer questions uh, in a viewer mail segment maybe someday. And that's uh, an opportunity for Justin to just go post anonymous questions and get them answered. There you go. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> I, th- I think I asked the questions that I want answered on here. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think. you're always holding back, though. You say there's things. No, no, say. those aren't questions. Those are things he could get arrested for. Well, yeah, <laughs> Twitter is the place for that. Yeah, the Twitter's not the place for that. It's funny. The internet doesn't have the FCC fines, and yet yeah, he still gets one. Yeah, <laughs> weird. Oddly yeah. enough, that's fair. Yeah, William has something to do with that. I think. Hey, William, thank you so much for taking the time with us today, and uh, congratulations on the upcoming graduation. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to do it. And uh, thank you all of you for watching. Uh, Stay safe out there, and we'll see you next week. We're right here on Technado with Don Pizzette.